Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Most of us, uh, our understanding is we receive the Holy Spirit the hour we first believe. Um, when, when we receive Christ, the Spirit enters and becomes a part of us and guides our thoughts and our actions and, our, and uh, convicts us of sin and comforts us in our distress and uh, guides us when we are confused. Uh, John received the Holy Spirit before he was born. Something's happening here, and what it is ain't exactly clear. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. The Christmas story is one of the most well-known stories of the Bible. Even people outside of the Christian faith tend to have a general understanding of the Christmas story. But there are some lesser-known characters in the story that you may not be as familiar with. In this series, entitled Grumpy Old Men, we'll be examining several characters from the Christmas story who had to deal with rather unfortunate and challenging circumstances. As we'll see, these circumstances created a bit of grumpiness in their spirit. It is our hope that this series will provide greater insight into one of the most popular stories in the Bible. Please enjoy the message. Security. Uh, who's going to take care of him when he was very, very, he was, he's very old now. Who's going to take care of him when he's very, very, very old? And I'm sure that had been a concern for, for him and for his wife. So anyway, it's... Uh, I wonder if he was wondering what prayer the angel was referring to when he said, your prayer has been answered. Well, turns out, it was both of them. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. A lot of people in Israel took wine and fermented drink. That was normal. But occasionally, uh, individuals were asked to take a, a certain vow of being, becoming a total, lifelong teetotaler. And uh, John was one of them. He was like Samuel and Samson in the Old Testament who took, uh, who took a vow not to, uh, not to drink any form of alcohol. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Do you get the significance of that? Most of us, uh, our understanding is we receive the Holy Spirit the hour we first believe. Um, when, when we receive Christ, the Spirit enters and becomes a part of us and guides our thoughts and our actions and, our, and uh, convicts us of sin and comforts us in our distress and uh, guides us when we are confused. Uh, John received the Holy Spirit before he was born. Something's happening here, and what it is ain't exactly clear. And, uh, but he will bring back many of the people of Israel to love their Lord. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, this is the answer to his professional prayer and his personal prayer. These are words that, as we will see in a minute, are a role prophesied long before of a forerunner of the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ. And uh, there was to be a, an Elijah, 
uh, a prophet who would come and prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah, the chosen one. Zechariah asked the angel, even though he was gripped with fear. Grumpy old men, however, don't let fear uh, stand in the way of asking a pugnacious question. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. This, this phrase, uh, silent, can also be uh, translated, and you will live in silence. I think it was not just that he couldn't speak. I don't think he could hear either. I think he was living in silence for nine plus months, as we will we'll see why I say that in a few minutes. But, uh, and you will live in silence and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. <laughs> to me, this is funny. Can you imagine a guy playing charades and uh, your, your challenge is to say without using any words, an angel has spoken to me and this is what he said. Uh, I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, that's a, that's a challenge to be able to uh, communicate through signs what had just happened to him in the holy place. What it, that is a dramatic, dramatic moment. But um, what interests me is that the way Luke tells this story in, in chapter 1 of the gospel leading up to Christmas, he contrasts um, the story of Gabriel's visit to Zechariah and what happens there where he says, I'm an old man and, you know, my wife is, even, is, is old and I can't believe this. And Mary, just a few verses later, we won't read that whole passage, but uh, the same angel, Gabriel, comes and tells Mary that she's going to have a child, a son, a son of the Most High. Well, let's take a look at, there's, there's two questions that, uh, that are asked here. Um, how is Zechariah's question different from Mary's? Zechariah asks, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And Mary asks, how will this be? I'm a virgin. Well, we learn very quickly that the words themselves carry about this much of the communication. The spirit of the words, the way in which they're said, carries about that much of the, uh, of the meaning. Apparently, Gabriel, it was very clear to Gabriel, that um, these words that possibly could be interpreted as being an, a request for information was really not a request for information at all from Zechariah. He was saying, I don't believe you. Whereas Mary had a question, again, not necessarily asking for information, but I don't understand. Uh, but Mary's reply, once the angel does explain that the... Uh, Holy Spirit is going to conceive something in her that she can't imagine. She says, may it, may it be unto me as you, have, uh, as you have indicated. It was a willingness to receive something even though she didn't understand it. Uh, Zechariah required understanding before he <laughs> responded. And uh, Gabriel uh, 
Gabriel's response to his response was to uh, shut him down, to make him live in silence for a while. Uh, the professional talker, the professional prayer needed to be silenced for nine months. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Well, when his time of service was complete, verse 23, he returned home, and after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. Way to go, Elizabeth. Way to go, Zachariah. And for five months, they remained in, or she remained in seclusion. The Bible later tells us that in the sixth month, uh, Mary uh, goes and visits Elizabeth, her cousin, and uh, they both recognize that something's happening in them that uh, only God could have uh, produced. Uh, the, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, Elizabeth says. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, to me, the, the question and, and this, the point of this series is, what's going on in the life of the grumpy old man? He now has nine months to think and not speak. I suspect that uh, what he was thinking had something to do with what the prophets have said. It had been 400 years since there had been a prophet in Israel, but there were the writings of the, you know, there was, there was the law that Moses had produced, the writings and the prophets, and uh, I suspect he, he spent quite a bit of time in the prophets. The, most, uh, the last prophet was Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and uh, I think based on what Zechariah writes later on in this chapter, he spent a lot of time pondering what Malachi had said. Malachi chapter 3 says this, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. But who can endure the day of his coming? Whoa, talk about whiplash. God is going to come. Hooray, hooray. But who can endure the day of his coming? Whoa, words of warning. There's good news and that are attached to words of warning. It's a, uh, talk about a mixed message here. Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Oh, just pause there. Launderer's soap. When I think of launderer's soap, I think of a Tide pod. 
That's not what, uh, what is being described here. Fuller's soap or launderer's soap in that day was, was a, a powder or, uh, that you would put on clothes and then beat the tar out of them. Laundry was, um, was uh, an active exercise. You didn't sit back and watch a, you know, watch a washing machine spin or agitate. You were the agitator. And um, you were pounding the clothes on rocks or on other you know, rough objects to beat the dirt out of, uh, out of clothing. So, and refiner's fire. How does, uh, how does gold or silver get refined? Heat. Intense heat, you melt it, and then you can remove the uh, you can remove the impurities. So the day of the Lord is going to be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by. The next chapter continues. Uh, he, uh, Malachi loves metaphors. I, you know, I was trained in journalism. I love metaphors myself. Uh, he, he goes, he really runs a long way with metaphors. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace, Malachi says. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. Who's, uh, who has a farm background knows what stubble is? Anybody? What? What's that? Yes, stalks, especially in a wheat field. You, you cut the wheat and uh, you take the grain, the top half of the, the stalk, the bottom half is still in the ground. That's a stubble field. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, it's, it's yellowish and uh, it's, it's stubble. And uh, what's God say about that? And the day is coming that will set them on fire. We've had a lot of wildfires in Colorado. Grass fires can be nasty. And uh, stubble is dry, uh, is dry stalks of harvested wheat. And, uh, and he says, he will purify the Levites and, oh, excuse me, um, wrong, wrong verse here. Not a root or branch will be left to them, but you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. You will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act. When I act, the righteous are going to be able, after the wildfire, to go out in the uh, ashes of the stubble field and dance. Those who are represented by the stubble field, mm, not so much. See, I will send the prophet Elijah. And here, this is, you know, Zechariah is recognizing, this is the word that the angel used with me for my son, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Well, talk about grumpy old men. If, uh, if Zechariah was grumpy, it might have been because he read so much of the prophets. The prophets were relentlessly pointing out things that were wrong. Um, that's, a, that's a tough career, being a prophet whose job is to say what's right and what's wrong when there's so much more that's wrong to talk about than there is things that are right to talk about. And if the prophets were to deliver the word of God, what was most conspicuous in that, uh, in that time and in ours 
are the things that are wrong. We won't read the rest of the passage, but uh, he talks about the wrongs, the injustices, the meanness, the self-absorption, the neglect of widows, the orphans, the fatherless, the poor, the strangers and aliens in the land. Um, There were nine months that Zechariah had to contemplate in silence the words of the prophets that were going to become the words that were put into the mouth of his son by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Well, verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Hallelujah. On the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. And don't you love family and friends who stick their noses in where they don't, doesn't belong? And uh, they said, but there's nobody in your, uh, among your relatives who has that name. You need to name him Zechariah. And does a mother not get to name the child? Does the, no, no, neighbors, neighbors know best. And um, so then they made signs to his father. Here's where I think he was living in silence. He probably couldn't hear, otherwise he could have just asked him, Zechariah, what would you like to call your son? But they had to make signs to him. And again, what a game of charades that is. How do you say that with signs to, uh, to Zechariah? But anyway, he asks for a he asks for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, "His name is John." Now, there's no capital letters in Hebrew, but I'm guessing that he wrote those words as big as he could on that tablet. His name is John, and if they had an exclamation point, he'd put two or three of those in there. Exclamation point. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak praising God. All the neighbors finally shut up and were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? If this was the context in which this child was born and the name he was given, what's he going to be like? And 
And uh, they talked about this because the Lord's hand was clearly with him. Now, the word, the name John means graced by God or God is gracious. And uh, it is one of the most, the world's most used names. There, of course, there are two Johns in the, uh, in the New Testament. There's John the baptizer and there's uh, John the apostle. In the Old Testament, there's one John, or he went by the Hebrew name uh, Johanan. But um, it wasn't all that common a name in biblical times, but it's sure common now. In, uh, in various languages, there are versions of John. In Hebrew, Johanan, as I said, English, Jack, Spanish, Juan, Scottish, Ian, Russian, Ivan, Sean, Irish, Jean, Jean Valjean in French, Gianni or Giovanni in Italian, Hans in Danish, Jan in Dutch, Yannick in Polish, Johan in German. And on the, uh, in the feminine versions, there is Jackie, Jacqueline, Jana, Jane, Janet, Jean, Jeannie, Joanne or Joan, Joanna, Johanna. And I'd like to ask, how many of you have a, one of these names in your extended family? Almost everybody, almost everybody. And uh, this name has gone from pretty unusual to the, one of the world's most common because of, partly because of this story that the angel assigned this name to the one who would be the forerunner of the, uh, of the Messiah. Well, Zechariah then, filled with the Spirit, prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. That's a long sentence, by the way. Uh, old uh, Zechariah knew, uh, knew how to talk. Then the child grew and became strong in spirit. I have... Uh, I have I have raised a strong-willed child. Uh, some of you perhaps have too. I don't know what it would be like to raise a strong-spirited child. I suspect there are some similarities, probably some differences as well. But uh, he was an unusual, unusual child, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. I don't know what time or you know, when in his life he left home and went and lived in the wilderness, but he clearly was uh, an unusual personality. Well, to wrap up, what did uh, Zechariah, the grumpy old man, learn from this, uh, this particular episode? I'd like to suggest that there are four things here that Zach and we learn from this, uh, this strange story that uh, begins the Gospel of Luke. Number one, John and his cousin Jesus were a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, those who had ears to hear and eyes to see were not taken by surprise by this. They knew that God had spoken of this in veiled language, yes, but uh, 400 years earlier. Secondly, God answers prayer in unexpected ways. I don't know how, how recent Zechariah's prayer and Elizabeth's prayer for a child was. I suspect that it had been years. It seems like they had given up on having a child. That had been a fervent prayer earlier. It might not have been so fervent uh, recently, but God answers prayers in unexpected ways. 
God's calling and his assignments are not for the faint of heart. Uh, God doesn't uh, dishonor us by giving us easy assignments. When he calls, usually it's, it will challenge us greatly. But he is there to provide the means as well as the, as well as the heart for, uh, for that assignment. And then finally, God's purpose is to bring redemption beyond our feeble imagination. People wanted some uh, political independence. God's imagination was so far beyond that. He, uh, he wanted to free people for an eternity. And uh, the forgiveness and the redemption that Jesus brought, announced by John, was just the, uh, just the beginning of that story. Grumpy old man? Maybe. But his grumpiness is only a small part of the story. And he might have had some good reasons to be grumpy at times. But the bigger part of the story is that God is doing what we are only able to see a fraction of. In Zachariah's life, in Vincent Van Gogh's life, and in your life and mine. There's more going on than meets the eye. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.